Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Rico Daily. I'm Ronnie Mola. One of the most talked about aspects of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union was known as the Space Race, a competition between the two powers to prove their technological capabilities in outer space. We don't want to find the hammer and sickle flag standing up on one of the peaks of the moon. We want it to be the star-spangled banner. But after the fall of the Berlin Wall, the U.S. and Russia eventually decided they'd make better collaborators than competitors. So the International Space Station, or ISS, was born. Zero and liftoff of Space Shuttle Atlantis as Columbus set sail on a voyage of science to the space station. For more than two decades, we've worked with Russia to maintain the International Space Station. And both countries currently have astronauts aboard. But with Russia invading Ukraine, this collaboration in space is in jeopardy. It was unprovoked. But this is what Russian President Vladimir Putin unleashed on Ukraine. The Russian space chief is threatening to abandon the ISS, which has people freaking out that the space station could come plummeting down to Earth. Now, is this all some wartime bluster? Or do we need to prepare ourselves for the end of the ISS as we know it? Here to explain is Recode's Rebecca Heilweil. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. Are we really going to get hit with a flaming pile of space station? What's really going on here? There are a lot of reasons why the ISS probably isn't going to come crashing down into the Earth, despite what you might have read on the Internet this week. Basically, NASA says everything is fine. So if we, if you trust NASA, things will probably be OK. But what's happening here is the space station typically uses a propulsion module, which is controlled by Russia to keep it in place. So without these regular boosts of propulsion, the ISS would very slowly fall into the atmosphere where it would mostly burn up. Uh, What's happening here is that Russia is threatening to leave and leave the U.S. without this propulsion module. So astronauts aboard would likely have a lot of time to escape the space station and travel back to Earth. But one of the concerns is that a number of heavy components that are actually in the ISS wouldn't actually burn up in the atmosphere and they'd fall to Earth's surface where, you know, theoretically they could hit structures or kill people if we don't have control of the ISS's deorbit. But but is this really a threat that Russia made, you know, that they would let the space station fall into Earth? This first came up as a concern when last month the head of the Russian space program, Dmitry Rogozin, uh, raised the idea on Twitter uh, while complaining hmm. about U.S. sanctions against Russia, including some sanctions that were aimed at Russia's space program. Uh, it's come up again because he has suggested, in, in a recently on like a television show, that if the U.S. continued to be hostile, 
Roscosmos, which is the Russian space program, would again rescind its support for the space station. This has continued to be a threat because he is getting into fights on Twitter uh, with at least one former NASA astronaut, Scott Kelly. But beyond Twitter, I think it's worth keeping in mind that the Russian space program has repeatedly made these kind of threats with the ISS and it hasn't necessarily happened. And in the meantime, the U.S. is working on a backup plan. Very, very reassuring. Um, Why don't we talk about the history a little bit here? How long have the U.S. and Russia been working together in space on the space station? Obviously, the space race was a, a big part of the Cold War. But in the aftermath of the Cold War, there was this collaboration on the International Space Station. Uh, The main partners were Russia and the U.S., and this was seen as a huge breakthrough for space collaboration. So what happened is they set up a giant space station such that both countries would need each other. There would be no way for one country to ditch the other. Uh, NASA needs Roscosmos and Roscosmos needs NASA. Okay, unless if you let one country fall into... Yeah. So one of the challenges here is that it seems like Russia cares less and less about the ISS. This only works if one country cares um, about about the ISS in the first place. So the space station meant to foster collaboration between the two nations has now become sort of a bargaining chip. Right. Um, And this is not the first time that this has happened. Back in 2014, Russia also used the ISS in an attempt to pressure the United States into recognizing the annexation of Crimea, uh, which Ukraine still considers part of Ukraine. So the Russian space program, as one of its strategies, uh, suggested that it would relocate astronaut training to Crimea. And this is really important because at the time there was no way for the U.S. astronauts to get to the International Space Station without doing this astronaut training to use a Russian spacecraft. There have been other examples of Russia threatening to leave the ISS because it's uh, upset about sanctions. And even this past fall, we had an example of Russia expressing uh, a lack of care, uh, for lack of a better term, for the ISS when um, Russia blew up a defunct spy satellite, which you may have heard of if you heard all about that space junk a few months ago. That was really scary because the space junk could have hit the ISS and endangered the people aboard. Um, And that wasn't just Russia demonstrating that it had the capacity to shoot down a satellite from space. It was also demonstrating that they didn't necessarily care about their own uh, astronauts who, like the American astronauts, had to shelter in a emergency vehicles because of the space debris caused by this anti-satellite test. This is also about more than just the ISS, right? Russia is making space a part of the war against uh, Ukraine, for better or for worse. So in response to ongoing sanctions from the U.S., Russia has said it's going to stop selling rocket engines, which are used by aerospace companies in the United States. There may have been an impact in terms of a mission that Roscosmos was supposed to do with the European Space Agency, which is the big agency that represents um, a few European countries in space. They were supposed to send a robot to Mars. Now that is very unlikely. This seems to be in response to sanctions. Russia has canceled plans to launch several satellites that it was supposed to help with because it is upset about sanctions. And so we're seeing the ripple effects of what's happening in Ukraine throughout several different aspects of space diplomacy, basically. Does this mean that Russia's ditching space altogether? What's unclear is how independent in space Russia might be after this. Of course, it's worth noting that, again, Russia has made threats like this in the past and the ISS is still there. 
But even if Russia were to leave the ISS, they already have a plan to build their own space station. The U.S. also has its plan to replace the ISS with other space stations. Russia also has very loose plans to eventually go to Venus, which Rogozin has famously... Yeah, me too. <laughs> he's famously suggested Venus is a Russian planet, but the U.S. has now been kicked out of Russia's eventual plan to go to Venus. But at the same time, there are signs of collaboration. Russia and China have been collaborating on space efforts, including a plan to build a base on the moon. And Russia and India also have an agreement for space collaboration. Right now, it's not really clear how those collaborations might be impacted by what's happening in Ukraine. Does this mean we potentially have a space race 2.0 on the horizon? I think even before this invasion, there were signs that there was going to be more competition between countries in space. That's partially because, you know, it's not just Russia and the U.S. We have um, China, India are developing their own space programs. There's the European Space Agency, which also has its own goals in space. Um, you know, and as more countries try to get involved in space, there's going to be new types of collaborations and new types of competitions. And it's going to be really complicated. So it's not going to look like the space race that we might have thought about from several decades ago, but we're not going to see necessarily the, you know, internationalism of the International Space Station that we maybe are used to. So this has a lot of repercussions for space, the space race, what we're doing in outer space, but probably we're not going to see a space station crash into Earth. Probably not. All right. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced and engineered by John Ahrens. I'm Ronnie Mola. Thanks for listening.